Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Frank Stample, the closer. Chris Venture, what's up, Chris? What's up, guys? <clears throat> Joined for hour two by our buddy, Fantasy Football Frenzy. And uh, you saw him on the draft loss last night, his coverage. It's Jim Day. How are you, Fantasy Taz? Oh, I'm doing a little better this morning. <laughs> okay. You had to sleep it off, Jim? Uh, I had to do something. <laughs> My man, Jim. All right. So... Sleep you guys off, want me to leave? I'm not going to make this like a Giants I'm not going to. I don't want to. There's a lot of people watching that just don't care about just the Giants. But we're all three of us are Giants fans here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, you had a, a chance to opine last night. Uh, Chris, this is our first opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And I've asked Alex, at least for me, for a moment, just to focus on me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the opportunity afterwards to let, you know, to let everybody know how you feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take this chance. Yep. Me right now. <clears throat> when the Giants benched Eli Manning a couple of years ago, I went in that chair right there. And I gave a rant how it wasn't Ben McAdoo's decision, and it wasn't Jerry Reese's, and it, it was all not right. And it wasn't handled right. Not the fact that Eli was benched, but who he was benched for and how it, how it happened. Since then, they've replaced the general manager. They've replaced the head coach. Problem is, they replaced the general manager that doesn't understand the civil concept of value. Now, I completely understand, and I tweeted this out last night, that... You go out and you get your guy, especially a quarterback. If you believe this quarterback is a Hall of Famer, a, the future, the franchise, you have to do what you have to do. But you also need to be able to read the room. And you also need, need to be able to understand the game and understand what every other team is doing. There was no team that wanted a quarterback last night other than the Washington Redskins, who at no point expressed any interest in Daniel Jones. From the beginning, their guy was Dwayne Haskins. So... For those saying that Daniel Jones could have been there at 17, yes, he could have and would have been there for, at 17. But Dave Gettleman didn't want to take a chance. That's my, you know, that's my least worry, in all honesty. You want to get your guy. But when you're telling me you have a defensive player rated the same as the quarterback, that's a little scary, right? That's a little scary. When everybody agrees the defensive player is a superstar, and you agree that... The quarterback who is going to be a, an above-average quarterback for the next few years for the Giants. That's scary. When you say to the media that you saw Dwayne Haskins play in person, you saw Will Greer play in person, you saw Dwayne Haskins play against the Big 12 despite being in the Big 10, that's a problem. <laughs> It's a problem to me when you saw Daniel Jones's tape. So you got excited and you went to the Senior Bowl to see him live. You watched three series in a essential all-star game and you fell in love with him. That's an issue. That's a problem. 
It's a problem when Daniel Jones threw 52 touchdowns in his college career. And one of the players, quarterbacks that you passed on for him, Dwayne Haskins, threw 50 last season. That's a problem. It's a problem when Daniel Jones' accuracy was under 60% in the ACC in college. When his yards per attempt was under 10. For his entire career. He doesn't want to throw deep. He's not good at throwing deep. And in today's NFL, you need to have a playmaker at the quarterback position. It's a problem when Daniel Jones is scouted by somebody that's living in the 1980s. In the 1980s, into the 1990s and earlier, the way to win football games was to run the football, to stop the run, and limit turnovers. That is not today in the NFL. It is not about running the football or limiting or stopping the run. It's about having an extra linebacker or cornerback to stop the prolific pass. You look at the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they're not game managers. They just hand off the ball. Dave Gettleman has talked about the Kansas City model. Patrick Mahomes is no game manager. The game manager in Kansas City was replaced by a dynamic passer. Last night, he referenced the Green Bay model. Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, if Eli Manning was good for the next three years. Now, I believe that's GM speak. I'm throwing that out the window. But Brett Favre wasn't replaced by somebody that could be an above-average quarterback. He was replaced by somebody who's going to the Hall of Fame as a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. That's not Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is, forget his personality of unassuming. Forget the comparisons of how he looks to Eli Manning. I don't care about any about that, anything about that. What I do care about is that he was drafted because he was coached by the same guy that coached Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. Who cares? That guy hasn't produced another NFL quarterback. The only other guy, I believe, was like Brock Heward. Who cares? That was years ago. Eli Manning came out 15 years ago. Peyton Manning came out over 20 years ago. The NFL has changed. But Dave Gettleman has not changed with it. The Giants organization has not changed with it. That is referenced by their number seven pick, or number six pick, rather, at Daniel Jones, and their number 17 pick of a defensive tackle who is the third best lineman on his college team that plays two downs and his specialty is stopping the run. I'm not saying that he can't get to the quarterback. Maybe he can. Four sacks over the last two years in college. That's not so great. That's not value. If that's the guy you like, that's fine. But not at that position. Just like Daniel Jones at number six, not at that spot. If you want him, know the value. Know how to work the draft board. Dave Gettleman does not. He pays all these scouts to do their homework on players, but judges a player by three series that he saw at the Senior Bowl. The third consecutive season that Dave Gettleman has gone to the Senior Bowl and drafted, or the Giants organization, I should say, has drafted the MVP quarterback of the Senior Bowl, Davis Webb, Kyle Loletta, and Daniel Jones. It bothers me that I still care this much about this team that doesn't care about me. Not that a, a team should care about me, the fan. 
I always say, and everybody in this room knows it, that it's not my team, right? It's the Giants. It's not ours. It's not we. It's not us. It's the Giants. It honestly bothers me how much I care still, despite being in broadcast, in journalism, a professional, objective, fantasy analyst, gambling analyst, whatever. It frustrates me how much I care that I woke up legitimately sick this morning like I was hungover. I didn't drink last night. I actually woke up hungover. I slept terribly, Frank. If you would ask me, how did you sleep last night? Awfully. I slept awfully. I was up all night. I felt gross. I woke in this morning. I had a stomach ache. All because the Giants drafted Daniel Jones at six. I don't get it. I don't like it. And Dave Gettleman's excuses or explanations, I should say, even make me feel worse. You passed on Sam Darnold for the Hall of Famer in Saquon Barkley. Maybe he will go to the Hall of Fame. And you said repeatedly, drafting the wrong quarterback is a five-year mistake. You just made it. You just made the five-year mistake by feeling that you had to draft the quarterback over the top player on the board, which was so clearly to everybody, Josh Allen. You made a mistake, and it just pains me that it still bothers me this much. I am so frustrated as a Giants fan, Chris. Yeah, and you basically said it all. I mean, uh, there's not much more I could add except it's painful because it's probably the I would say the worst pick I've ever seen in the NFL draft in the years that I've been alive. Like, I can understand. Listen, you want to reach for a guy, okay, and he's going in that range. Even if he's going, you know, five, six, ten picks afterwards and you don't have a pick within that range, okay, go for your guy. Fine, but nobody's taking this guy before your 17th pick. See, so, now wait, wait. I, I, nobody's I taking jump in here, guys, because Greg said the same thing, and there's a guy out there that I really trust, a guy by the name of Ralph Vacchiano, who writes for SNY, and he came out and said the Giants were absolutely convinced that Washington was going to move up and try and take Jones to get in front of them to take Jones. They were absolutely convinced of it, so much so that they weren't even sure they were, he was going to make it to six. Wow. But so if it- that's if, – wait, now, if that's truly the case, if they did really believe that, first of all, kudos to Washington for making them believe that. Yeah. That, that's what a good GM does. Um, but if that's truly the case, then you got to take the kid at six if that's the guy you really want. I, like, I, um, like, like I said, you go out and get your guy. Like, I, I, under, I understand that fact. But if Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen are playing you, that's another problem. Yeah, that's a problem. I agree. <laughs> there, there's no excuse for that. I can't make any excuse for that. I was just clearing up the fact that they, you know, they really thought the Redskins were going to move up to grab him. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Hey, look, it, it, you know, he's a smart kid. He's got some of the tools. He doesn't have the strongest arm. We all know that, but he's a smart kid. He's sitting behind a quarterback now that while we don't like him as a quarterback, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He knows the NFL inside and out. He knows the plays. He knows how to read defenses. He does all that stuff. Whether he plays that well on the field, yeah, okay, we, we won't argue that. But he knows the game. So it's a good place for him to sit. I, you know, I really started getting this bad feeling that this was going to be our guy as soon as they started talking about the the Cutcliffe connection, you know, that, that he worked with Peyton and he worked with Eli and he worked with Jones and Jones has worked with Eli and Peyton before at the football camps. I, I knew this was going to be a pick. I really was hoping it was going to be 17, but 
you know, if they really were worried about Washington coming in and trying to grab him and that was their guy, then they did what they had to do. Do I like it? No, I'd still rather they would have, you know, sent a second round pick to get Rosen. I do. Uh, but, you know, it it is what it is. If that's the guy you want and you really think you got to get him, like you say, Greg, you got to go get him. Yeah, but I, I understand that. I just can't defend this, though, because my theory, my thing is, okay, you really like a guy this much, I understand, but, like, at the same time, Gettleman's just valuing everything wrong, judging everything wrong, uh, falling you know, into every trap. Why is that a surprise? Falling he into did such every a trap. Terrible job in Carolina. Yeah. Why would that be a big surprise to us now? So he shouldn't be there. Like, like this, this is this is terrible. This, like, Drew Locke could have been there at seventeen. Okay, if you missed on Daniel Jones, you you want him that bad that you're 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 you you're actually gonna, you know, take him at six just in case he might not fall to seventeen. You want him that bad? He's not even a, a top five ranked quarterback barely in this draft. He's a ba- barely a top 50 you know ranked I don't player. Care about, okay, wait. Again, so the I value's not there. The pick. I didn't like the pick. I don't like the pick. But we won't know for years until you know it's a good pick or not. We just won't. I just Same think- thing with Haskins. Everybody's applauding Washington for staying, you know, at their spot and getting the guy that they supposedly wanted. But we don't know if Haskins is going to succeed in that yeah. offense. You know, they got a, a couple of good offensive linemen, but these guys have all been dealing with injuries the last couple of years. If they can't stay healthy. How much is that going to help this kid? And then look at their their receiving group is terrible. So you know there, there's no guarantees that Haskins is going to do great. You know, so it I, I don't know. I, I get it. I don't like the pick at six either. I'm with you guys on that. But again, as Greg keeps saying, if that's the guy you think is going to be your guy, you got to go get him. Yeah, well, Gettleman's just like he he's just making bad judgment on that then because I, I don't I don't see it. I don't it was see, a bad judgment the, to hire him in the first place. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And the only things positive that I see that this guy can do is one that he fits the profile of an NFL quarterback with the size. Uh, he runs a little bit, doesn't have a strong arm, isn't accurate, has but under see, a 60% completion percentage. Are, but that also fits what the Giants are trying to do right now. They're trying to go to that short passing game. They're trying to you know get that running game established. And the short passing game will play into that, as we can see with the, the wide receivers they still have right. on staff. Right, First, but... Bolt, Sterling, Shepard, and Golden Tate are guys that are going to work the short to mid-range field. And, you know, that's what this guy can excel at. But... Um, you know, I, I just, to me, it really comes down to, you know, the things that Gettleman said afterwards that bothered me the most. Um, you know, the fact that, oh, yeah, he's going to sit behind Eli for three years. Are you freaking kidding me? Everybody in the world is telling you you got to get rid of Eli. Now you're telling everybody that we got three more years of Eli to live with. Are you freaking nuts? Yeah, he doesn't what know what he's talking about. What freaking planet are you on? Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But listen, and then, like, then then he goes on to talk about how you know he didn't get to see this guy play in the regular season, but he went to the Senior Bowl and you know watched him a couple of plays, and he was just a professional quarterback. Well, everybody I know who was at the Senior Senior Bowl and watched all the practices said that, you know, including, you know, some big-name draft picks out there that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, just said that he was one of the worst quarterbacks on the field for all the practices of 7-7s, the 11-on-11s. His accuracy was all over the place. He he was just one of the worst quarterbacks out there. But yet, like Greg said, he saw him for three series and fell in love. If that's how you do your homework, you're a freaking idiot. Yeah, and then the Duke connection. If that if that means so much, that, that's terrible. That, that's, once again, he's an idiot. Um, and that's the thing. Like Greg said, though, you don't 
draft a franchise quarterback to be a game manager, a dink and dunk game manager for the next 10 years for the, for the franchise because that's not the way the NFL is today. I know you want to build around Saquon Barkley, but you also, if you're going to build a team like that, you also need to have a great defense and all this stuff. That, this is a long plan, and Daniel Jones might just stink. He might not even be good enough to be a game manager. It's just bad all around. It's terrible decision to build a team around that. It, just, it doesn't make sense. You should go after the best quarterback or the best player available. Yeah, that's what you got to do. And, and that's the thing. Gettleman said it multiple times before the draft. I'm going to go for the best player available. That is not the best player available. That is not the best player available. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not. Uh, it makes. I'm disgusted. It makes no sense. Tell Frank, how do you like Quinn and Williams? Uh, I would have preferred Josh Allen. No, <laughs> I'm not going to be nitpicky about it. Uh, honestly, I, I liked uh, I liked the idea of getting a pass rusher a little bit more. But, uh, you know, a lot of people had Quinn and Williams rated as the top player in the draft. So, uh, overall, I think you know, the Jets did an all right job. I think they ultimately wanted to move back, but weren't getting offers uh, that they liked enough. So, you know, you end up with one of the uh, the top three, four yeah. best players Rock in the draft. Solid. You build up the defense. No excuses for Leonard Williams now because you have a running mate side by side. Uh, the defense has to show up now. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I know everyone's want to hear about the Giants for the next hour. Uh, this a little bit. We'll get Frank's thoughts, and then we'll break down the rest of the draft and, and everything else. So stick around. Lose We're weight a- now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 Scout Fantasy Sports. Here's what's crazy about Chapman. He is striking out way less. His strikeout rate last year was 23.7%. He's down at 10.2%. And one of the things that stabilizes relatively quickly when you're looking at stats is strikeout percentage and walk percentage. His walk rate is up to 13%. But this is something to keep an eye on here with Chapman is can he maintain this? Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. BFFs. Greg Sussman, Frank Stanfield, Chris Ventra, joined today by Jim Day to break down the draft. All right, all the Giants fans kind of gave their, their thoughts, opinions, rants 
uh, on the pick and on what happened last night. Uh, Frank, you're the objective one here. Uh, what did you think uh, of what the Giants did? Yeah, overall, I thought it, I thought it was a, a, a pretty terrible job just because Josh Allen was on the board, just you know, being perfectly honest. But again, if that's your guy, then you want to go out and get your guy. I just want to touch uh, piggyback of, uh, on a few things that you said and then also what Jim said. Uh, specifically what you said about how it sets your franchise back. If this guy does not hit, if he ends up being a game manager, this reminds me a lot of the Hackenberg situation for the Jets because they used a second-round pick on a quarterback. So basically, for the next two or three years after that, you can't take a quarterback, unless you're the Cardinals, of course, because they, they're just defying <laughs> what, you, what you can and what you can't do at the NFL level. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But overall, if you take a quarterback this early, you for the next couple of years, you're not going to be able to take a quarterback. And next year, at least, we know Tua's going to be around, Herbert's going to be around, Fromm's going to be around. The year after that, you have Trevor Lawrence coming out as well. And we've talked about this a little bit over the past couple of years, Greg, regarding football teams and successful football teams is – the ideal scenario is you build up everything else on your football team, and then you get the quarterback on the rookie deal. That's what the Seahawks did. That's what their model was. Ideally, that's what you wanted to do. It doesn't overall work out that way a lot of the time, but I just wanted to piggyback off what you said regarding that because I think when you take a quarterback this early, it has to be the right guy uh, because at least for the next couple of years, they're not going to be in the market for a quarterback, and there's some pretty good quarterbacks coming out. In the next can, I, of can I jump in and say something real quick? Of can course, I, of course. I mean, you're referencing Russ Wil- Wilson, and hey, face it, I love Russ Wilson. I've always been a fan. But there were a lot of people when he came out didn't expect him to hit the way he hit. Um, there were a lot of people down on him, down on the pick of him. So I, I mean, it just goes. You just don't know. Um, you know, it, you, you could do all the, the work you want to do and all that stuff, but. Until they get on an NFL field, you just don't know if these guys have what it takes to really take it to that next level or not. I, I don't care what they did in college. I have absolutely no concern about what they do at the combine uh, and all that stuff. And it, you know, we've seen scouts every year for almost every team miss on big name players early on, and you know, find somebody late in the draft that you know ends up being a bigger help than the guy they drafted in the first round. It, it's a commonplace occurrence. So. I mean, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, yeah, I, I don't like the pick. I haven't liked Daniel Jones. Maybe he'll prove us wrong. We just don't know. But, I, I mean, there's no guarantees in this game for anybody. I, how many number one picks or, you know, top ten quarterbacks that have been drafted that have gone on to be nothing? The, the number is pretty damn big. Yeah, but, Jim, the difference here is that Russell Wilson, these other guys are drafted in the third round. They're drafted later. You're taking less of a risk. You're using your first I, pick. I, I, I understand yeah. that, but you're you're also looking at right now, there were a bunch of teams that, you know, had quarterback as a, a, a need. There were. Uh, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, Miami, Denver, you know, Washington, all you know, there was a few teams that have needs. And then you got the other teams like New England, um, you know, teams uh, that have the older quarterbacks like uh, the Chargers that have these older quarterbacks that maybe only have a couple of years left. That be, could be looking at them, too. So, I, I mean, when that happens, and we talked about this early in the season on the frenzy quite a few times, that, you know, nobody liked this quarterback class. Uh, Murray was probably at the top of it, but nobody really liked the rest of this class. Mm-hmm. But as you get to draft time, and those quarterbacks just keep moving up, moving up, moving up, because quarterback is such a, an important position in the NFL that their value gets overrated each and every year. Yeah. 
I, I, that's the thing, though. Like, Daniel Jones is way overrated by Gettleman because how could you think that this guy is so valuable that you need to take him at six before somebody else takes him? He ain't that good. Hey, I feel he ain't that valuable. Yeah. No, but uh, either way. A third-round quarterback, a fourth-round quarterback, actually. Yeah. I don't think he's a first-round talent. That's what I'm saying. Like, Daniel Jones is probably a third-round talent. But this happens every year, though. Jim's right. I mean, you know, there are quarterbacks that go inside the top ten, even the first round, who, you know, a lot of people have second, third round grades on. It happens every single year. I mean, yeah. just looking at top ten guys in the past couple of years, Blake Bortles has been terrible. Uh, you know, uh, how about Jake Locker, all those guys, Blaine Gabbert. You know, that whole – the past couple of seasons, the past five years, I mean, you can, you can probably count double-digit quarterbacks that have gone in the first round that have been terrible and mm-hmm. haven't showed up. What about Paxton Lynch? It happens all the time. So quarterbacks do well, get. Yeah, I got to give Paxton Lynch a buy though because he, he was drafted by John Elway and he obviously knows nothing. And about he was the drafted in like the fourth round or fifth round. <laughs> Paxton Lynch was, no, Paxton Lynch was, was the seventeenth overall pick, I think. That's like way that. too early. See that that's a mistake. Then that's a mistake. But that's what happens every year, Chris. That's what I'm telling you. It's supply and demand. There's not many quarterbacks to be had, so everybody jumps up the list trying to get a quarterback. So th- then it's on it's on the GM Gettleman for for actually pulling the trigger on Daniel Jones. I would have just said, good riddance, Daniel Jones. If you don't make it back to me at 17, good riddance. I don't care because you're not that valuable. I'm sorry. I could. I would rather take Drew Locke or someone else. I'll tell you the truth. I would have rather take Will Greer over all of them, that's, but that's just me. Uh, that's what, like, I, anyone, any of these quarterbacks, I would take probably over Daniel Jones. Or it would be a 50-50 toss-up. Question is, would you have taken Kyler Murray if he was there? Well, that a question never needed to be answered because he was taken with the first overall pick last night by the Arizona Cardinals. Way to one, change the subject, love it. One year after they drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. Josh wrote so Josh Rosen was not told about any of this until after they called Kyler Murray to make the pick. In fact, general manager Steve Kime didn't start making calls to the Giants. Wait, to do the, you think that's true? I do. To the Giants to the Redskins, to the Dolphins. This guy is more clueless than we thought then. Until they were on the clock. Now, the Giants have their quarterback, for better or worse. The Redskins have their quarterback, for better or worse. And everything that you hear and read is the Dolphins are not interested in Josh Rosen. All leverage that you had is now gone. Frank, what is Steve Kime thinking? He's clearly not. If that, if that report is true, that he was not taking calls until just minutes before the draft started regarding Josh Rosen. Uh, I mean, he's more clueless than we thought. And, and we've been talking about this for years. The Cardinals have missed on their early-round picks for years now. They, like, they have not been good at drafting. Steve Kime has been god-awful. And I know you guys on the frenzy last year were killing Steve Kime. And, you know, how are you going to allow a, a guy to, to draft a quarterback in the first round to pick 10, and then you have the first overall pick, and you're going to let the same general manager take another quarterback? And he wasn't even feeling calls for the quarterback you just took the year before? When there are quarterback-needy teams that would have potentially at least given you a second-round pick, now you're not getting a second-round pick. Now you'd be lucky if you get a, a third, fourth-round pick. Lucky. Which is a steal. See, now, and they're talking about I, keeping I don't them think on the roster together. Jim, they're talking about keeping them. How can you now. do that? How can you keep both no. of these guys on the roster together? But what they're going to do is they're going to hold on to them now. I don't think they give them away for nothing because they, you know, right now they'd have to take a third to get them. I don't think that happens. I think they hold on to them. And then hope that somebody gets injured or something happens, somebody gets suspended. I agree. You know, one of these other quarterbacks. And then they try to move in with a guy who has some NFL starting experience. With leverage. And maybe they get a little bit more then. Because right now, like you're saying, like Chris just said, they absolutely have no leverage whatsoever. If one of these quarterbacks goes down, that changes. Mm-hmm.
So, but they're still not going to get what was expected, though. Even if someone goes down, Greg, I, I think maybe they get a third round pick. I don't agree. So, uh, I don't so think I don't, they I don't were agree. getting what they expected right from the get go. They want they so basically last night, from what I read, Steve Kine wanted a first round pick. No one was giving him a first round no, pick last man. night for Josh Rosen. I do think when a quarterback goes down, when you have everything kind of set and things fall into place, and we don't know what Josh Rosen is, obviously, it's a little bit different, but teams get desperate. Teams get very, very desperate. You saw it last year uh, as quarterbacks were, were flying, right? I mean, yeah. you, you obviously Sam Bradford immediately comes to mind with Teddy Bridgewater. That's a great quarterback class. The Jets though. were able to get, what, it was a fourth-round pick? Round. A third-round pick uh, for Teddy Bridgewater, who has a, a, a bad knee. We don't know what he truly is at this moment. If Josh Rosen can impress in preseason and some contender's quarterback goes down, Jim is right. Everybody's going to flock to Arizona and they're going to offer something. It's not going to be a first-round pick, but at this point, they're better off waiting until a quarterback gets hurt. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right, Jim. And the Dolphins should be all over. Think, think about the Redskins last year, right? You mm-hmm. lost Alex Smith in the brutal knee injury. Cole McCoy breaks his leg. At the time, they were in first place in the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. First place. You're telling me they wouldn't send a second-round pick at that point? Given it was a terrible division. Given that, but they were in first place at the time. Yeah. yeah, really. The division doesn't matter. First place does. Right. No, I know. And you lose two quarterbacks that quick. That's what you're trying to say. I, it ha- I mean, it happens. It does. So at this point, I think Kime backed himself into a corner. It's a terrible, terrible job by him. Don't get me wrong. But at this point, now you wait until somebody gets hurt. You have, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and this is a legit problem, Josh Rosen ain't showing up. He's not going back to Cardinals camp. Right. He's already deleted he all the Cardinals them. stuff. You're talking yeah. about him playing in the preseason. Why, You're right. What does he That's have to show That's an issue. He should be pissed, yeah. And you know Josh Rosen, the, the thing about him last year was spoiled kid, doesn't need the money, has a rich yep. background. He doesn't need to show up to go make his millions because his family has it. Yeah. That's tough. Really? That's big. I don't know. The Dolphins should be on top of this. They could use Rosen. I think he's holding out to play in the AAF next year. Oh, wait. XFL, buddy. XFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, XFL. Yeah, there you go. Like, they have a, <laughs> the Dolphins have a filler quarterback in right now with Fitzpatrick. They need a quarterback for the future. They don't want Josh Rosen. They don't want to pay for it, or they don't want I don't want think they him. don't want to pay for it. I don't, they, I don't think they want him. They either didn't like this class, or they're enamored with something that's coming out next year. Tua. And again, there's, there's a few quarterbacks. Or they're still playing the game and trying to beat down the price even more. I think that... They want to build up their pieces right now and then come back next year and go get Tua or something like that. Theoretically. But a, not a, a bad long, idea. It makes sense. They're in a longer rebuild plan. They're in a longer rebuild. Exactly. That is absolutely right. Okay. So we, we, we mentioned Kyler Murray uh, and Cliff Kingsbury's fit. Listen, Steve Kine doesn't last this if, if Kyler Murray stinks or somehow goes back to baseball. We know Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't outlast it. Steve Kine won't either. He's had plenty of opportunities here. Uh, the rest of... The top 10 kind of went as expected, except for the Raiders. Um, Chris, you were here last night yeah. as our guys here in our live draft special. And Joe Lisi said, hey, watch out for this guy. What did he like about the play of the Raider, Raiders drafted? Well, it was interesting because, yeah, Raiders were on the clock. And he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders pull out Clellan. Uh, is it Clellan? Clellan Farrell. Clellan Farrell. Because uh, he thinks he's a very valuable player. Maybe not as high as, you know, the Josh Allens and Ed Olivers and those defensive linemen, but he thinks he's a, a top 15-worthy pick. Uh, and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders go for this because they like this kid. And I and Lisi also said, I really like this kid. I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, and then, sure enough, they take Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, I think that was the first and, big and, shock and, of the draft, too. 
taking <laughs> Cleveland Farrell there when Josh Allen was still on the board. But and Oliver as well. A lot that I read was uh, that he interviewed really well. And I feel like sometimes, you know, these behind-the-scenes things at the NFL draft, they matter way more than they should. I, I was talking to Emery yesterday. When Leadership he, matters. It's the big, big thing, the reason the Giants draft Daniel Jones. Nice guy, leader, well. interviewed really well. well. I could really talk to him. <laughs> yeah. But can but, he throw uh, the ball? I, I was talking to Emery, and he said, you know, NFL teams overall, when it comes to the draft, they just overthink things way too much. Just watch the guy play, and, and does he show up? Now, personality gonna, means something. Cleveland Farrell was a, is a, was a very uh, productive player in college, and he played for a, a great program at yeah. Clemson, obviously. I mean, three defensive linemen from their team got drafted yesterday in the first round. So The Giants he, got the third. He's a very, he's a very productive <laughs> player, but, uh, you know, I, I have to agree with what Emery was saying. Sometimes people just, these guys overthink it. Like, he interviews well. He's a good off-the-field guy. I get it. You want to build a culture, but, but ultimately you need, you need guys that are going to produce. Yeah, but this but guy's also this talented. Look, he's still talented. The, he is. He is very talented. That, let's not take that away. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, it still expected him to go in the top 15, top 17, you know, no matter what. So, but the, the object is they are trying to build a franchise from scratch, trying to build it up. And the one thing that they loved about this kid that on a dominant team like Clemson, with all those really good, you know, defensive players on that team, he was their leader. Yeah. He was the guy that, you know, took control of that defense. He was the guy in the locker room that kept them together, working together, and that's what they really loved about him. He's a good on-field talent, but he also brings leadership qualities, and supposedly he's, you know, has absolutely no issues off the field that they have to deal with. Unlike an Ed Oliver, who's supposed to be a nasty ass, you know, cuss, whatever you want to say about him, yeah. uh, you know, things like that. They got a guy that they consider will be a guy that will be a leader in their locker room for years. And I can't fault him for that. Yeah, Frank. I didn't expect the pick, but I can't fault him yeah, for it. Yeah, I can't fault him for that either. They reached a little bit, but not nothing crazy. Because, listen, I think it means something because in today's NFL, let's face the facts. I know it's sad to say, but there's a lot of players with off-field issues end up costing their teams a lot. I mean, look at the Chiefs right now. Yeah. Look at the Chiefs right now. Kareem Hunt, they lose, and now, you know, possibly Tyreek Hill. That's your number one running back. Your two best, possibly your two best players on offense, skill position player-wise, besides Mahomes. And, you and know, Kelsey. they're gone. And Kelsey, yeah, of course. But, but, you know, that hurts a lot. So having a guy who's a leader and is actually on the positive side of things could actually help, especially on the defensive side of the ball where everybody has to be a cohesive unit and work together and, you know, basically gel. I think that's important. So, you know, maybe you have a little less talent, but you have a lot more when it comes to being a leader on the defense. And yeah, that can overall, mean a lot. I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think it was just the first big shocker of the draft. Like, I'm, and I agree you know, with that. I think it's uh, – I, I dislike the, the Daniel Jones pick more than the Oh, yeah, pick. absolutely. Sorry, Greg. Yeah. But uh, everything that I've read into and, and seen regarding Josh Allen, who was the next edge rusher taken by Jacksonville, is, he, you know, he doesn't have off-the-field issues either. At least I haven't seen that. So, mm. um, you know, just kind of it's apples to apples now. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it was Cleveland Farrell versus Josh Allen. And, again, you know, just piggybacking what uh, Jim said, Cleveland Farrell, he has championship pedigree. I mean, this is a guy who's played in national championship games, obviously, and he's won. With Clemson, so mm-hmm. you know they want that type of leader. They want a pass rush or whatever. They end up going out and they get their guy yeah. at four. Some people thought that they overpaid, but you know, kind of similar to Daniel Jones, we're not going to know until you know a couple of years down the road whether or not it was worth it or not. Right, so you, right. let, let's see the kid play first before we uh, before we bash. Yeah, him. I'm cool with it though, because you know 
they went for their guy. They have other. They had a, you know m- multiple first round picks, and you know this is what they wanted. They needed the pass rusher, so they went for the guy they wanted here, and they wouldn't have been able to probably get this guy on the way back with their next first round pick. That, that, that's a big thing right there too. They, pro- most likely. Not yeah, getting him. Yeah, he's him. probably not there at 24. And right. I think they had a kind of plan set in place. I think they wanted yeah. to take Josh Jacobs there at 24, obviously. Jim, I wanted to throw this uh, your way. You asked me about Quinn and Williams. We only got about a minute left. Um, would, you, would you have taken him, or would you have gone with more of a need, like a Josh Allen, if you were the Jets? Oh, no, I would have taken Quinn and Williams. I think this kid is going to be a beast in the middle yeah. of that defensive line for years to come. And, you know, like you said, pairing him with Williams, I, I mean, that's just going to be – Really tough for defense, you know, offensive lines to to have to deal with those guys. And you know, there's still a couple edge rushers left that they could grab in the next couple of rounds that you know will help a little bit on that edge as, as well. But yeah, I, so many people that I trust had Quinnen Williams as a top player in this draft. I can't fault the Jets for taking him at three. And look, let's face it, the one thing we did see, you know, Jets was trying to trade down, Oakland was trying to trade down. Those early picks were getting no takers. Jets for the last five years, arguably, dropped the top player in the NFL draft. False right into Williams, the Williams, Williams show, Greg. Uh, Greg, that Quinnen, that Leo. I like it. I no like more excuses Quinnen. for Leonard Williams, though. We'll break down some of the other skill position players, including Josh Jacobs, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and Nikhil Harry. When we come back and wrap up today's edition of the BFFs. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Make it rain. What they could have gotten prior to the draft, now that you've already let the cat out of the bag and you've got Kyla Murray. It's the one thing I hated about this thing the whole time was the indecision about Josh Rosen. But you and I both know it's the Cardinals here, Dane. And you know what? Josh Rosen and Kyla Murray could go to OTAs together on the same roster. That's how ridiculous this franchise is. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Part of being a general manager is knowing what other teams are going to do, which leads us to the New York Giants. With the Jags taking Daniel Jones, they just gave Nick Foles a four-year deal. With the Detroit Lions taking Daniel Jones, no. With the Buffalo Bills taking Daniel Jones, no. With the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Daniel Jones, no. They were wearing Redskin gear at Haskins uh, party last night. I wouldn't even take him at 17, but he could have got him at 17. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Way-o. 
<laughs> Fantasy BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Greg Sussman, Jim Day, Chris Venture, Frank Stample, all hanging out on a Friday talking uh, NFL. And Hey-o. still in that top ten, um, TJ Hawkinson went to the Detroit Lions. and It was a popular mock spot. You saw Hawk go to the Lions or the Bills in most, most mocks, I'd say. And he winds up not getting to, to the Bills. The Lions take him. And I was really surprised by this one, Jim, because they drafted Eric Ebron like five years ago, almost the same exact spot. They, they barely utilized him. I know he dropped a lot of balls, but he was never like the key to the offense. The Lions always have a lot of issues, uh, specifically defensively, I'd say. Uh, there's not enough talent probably offensively on this team right now either. And yet they spend their top 10 pick on a tight end. Uh, it sounds like by your booing, you're, you're not a big fan. No, I'm a big fan of the tight end. I hate the pick. How Just come? for all the reasons you stay, you know. Uh, man, it, him and Marquise Brown are, to me, are the two worst picks of the draft just because of where they landed. Um, you know, with, with Hawkinson, I love Hawkinson. Absolutely my top tight end in this class. Could be a stud if he gets to, to the right team. Yet he goes to a team that, you know, uh, I, I just, they want to use their tight ends. They just never have very well. Plus, the team is moving more to a run first offense. Uh, it's just that. Ah, I hated that pick. I hated that pick probably more than I hated the Daniel Jones pick just because I'm kind of resigned to the Giants doing stupid things. But <laughs> I was really hoping Hawkinson would land on a good team. The Hawk to the Lions. Jim Day doesn't love it. Chris, what, you, what are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like it. I think it's a little, uh, a little too soon. I, they have other needs like defense. Uh, they could have went with a Devin Bush. They could have went with uh, you know, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, there. right? Yep. Um, I think that would have been, you know, the safer bet. Uh, but listen, I, I'm assuming because they drafted Hawkinson first, uh, you know, seventh overall, that they're going to use him. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it. They, they're paying That's for him. That's what Ebron assumed, too. I know. I understand. I mean, this is an elite-level <laughs> tight end talent. What's and, with the Lions, I, though? Like, logic doesn't come into play when it, when it comes to the Lions. A lot like, of Matt teams' Patricia logic doesn't is a joke. Play. I mean, come on now. And throughout his career, Matthew Stafford has never really utilized the tight end. Now, back in the day, he had Calvin Johnson where, you know, he was just throw to him. throwing yeah. him the ball like 20 times a game. So, mm-hmm. you know, how much else was there to go around? Uh, but ultimately, he's never really utilized the tight end all that much. And I agree with Jim. This is why I like on Johnson last year uh, because I felt like the Lions were transitioning more into a smash mouth. Let's play defense with Patricia as the head coach and We'll start to, you know, use the running backs a little bit more. And they signed C.J. Anderson. So I think that they're going to try and run those guys maybe a combined 30, 30-plus times a so game. So you would think they get they a defense They still have player. Kenny Galladay on the outside. They still yeah. have Marvin Jones. So yeah. from a fantasy perspective, this was one of the worst landing spots. I agree with Jim uh, for T.J. Hawkinson. Ultimately, I think one of the best places that would have been for him is if he, if he ended up in Green Bay. I know that Green Bay has made a lot of defensive yeah. additions already or uh, during free agency, and they, they added a lot more defense here. In the draft, but can you imagine if you give Aaron Rodgers another legitimate tight end? I know he didn't use Jimmy Graham all that much last year. Jimmy Graham's kind of washed up. When he had your Michael Finley yeah, back old. in the day, he used him. So I think that would have been a pretty cool landing spot if he ended up playing yeah. with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. But Denver, even in, in Detroit, I don't love it. Yeah. You mentioned, Jim, a few moments ago that the, your other least favorite landing spot for a player was Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, who lands with the Ravens. And I think was relatively popularly mocked because they desperately needed a, a big-time wide receiver. Right. Hollywood goes to Baltimore. How come you don't like the fit? 
Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. I am not a Lamar Jackson guy. And, you know, it didn't, it, as soon as they drafted Lamar, you know, as soon as they started playing Lamar Jackson last year at quarterback, the wide receivers became extinct. Um, basically dinosaurs that weren't even on the field. And here, just to give you, you know, Raven, when Jackson came in, he targeted the wide receivers only 50%, 56% of his passes, okay? Well below league average. But then the Ravens' wide receivers under Jackson together, all of them only combined for 52 passes for 622 yards and five TDs in eight games with him there. Um, you know, John Brown started off the year great with Flacco. As soon as Jackson came in, John Brown was just gone. Uh, had absolutely nothing there. There was nothing there for him. You know, a, a lot of people are saying, oh, they could use the RPO you know, offense and get Brown the short passes, and he can make the moves once he gets the ball. Hopefully that's the way they use him, and he could do a little something like that. But, you know, for those of them, those people out there that are expecting him to become that big play guy on this offense, sorry, folks, it ain't going to happen. Lamar Jackson isn't going to turn into a pure passer overnight. He's not even close. Uh, I don't agree about the Lamar Jackson thing. Okay, uh, I like Lamar Jackson. He made the team better when he came in, and I think a lot of no, he, he just because they he made ran the, the playoffs. <laughs> they 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 went on a run and made the playoffs. I, I think and they made they got into the playoffs, and the first thing that they faced was a team that was designed to stop him, and that's exactly what they did. And the team didn't do a damn thing. I'm gonna, and that's exactly what <laughs> the defenses are going to do against him this year. I'm going to blame that on the three fumbles that he had that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chalk that one up as a loss. He is a rookie. Uh, was a rookie. Uh, I just think, listen, he obviously he's not going to throw for a ton of yards and do all that stuff. He's more of a runner. Uh, so that takes away from his passing, right? Because he's going to run more, which is dynamic, though. I think, you know, they're going to run the ball a lot, the Ravens. They're going to play old school football. And I think this guy, Brown, actually could compliment in the sense that short screen plays that he could pop off for a home run for or play actions deep down the field to him, over the top. Uh, and that's what it's going to be. I don't know how that's going to affect Brown's fantasy value. I think he'll be very boomer bust. But, um, but see, know. that's the same exact thing that they were expecting from John Brown. But John Brown's not offense. good. None wait, of those wait, receivers wait. John, are good. John Brown, John Brown with Flacco caught 36 of 66 targets for four touchdowns. When Jackson came in, he was 9 for 29 for 119 yards and one touchdown. But that's because Flacco, all he can do is throw the deep ball. He oh, doesn't wish, really do anything Daniel else. Jones do that much. Yeah. Flacco's better than Daniel Jones because he could throw a deep ball at least. Uh, but th that's all he can do, Flacco. So he's going to hit John Brown up for touchdowns because that's what he does. But uh, that's what Lamar Jackson can't do at this point. Yes, Lamar he Jackson can. throw can't. the ball deep. I'm not saying he doesn't have the arm to make the He doesn't throws. have the accuracy. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he, he may be shooting for Marquise Brown down the right seam and throw it to the left sideline. Yeah, he might. But I think he'll grow as, as the game goes along. They're going to rely on the run a lot to take some pressure off Lamar Jackson. And, you know, maybe the play action and screen plays like that, when pressure's coming in on him because they know he's young and he might get rattled, he'll find some wide open men, uh, you know, throughout games. Even two or three times if he makes big plays, that could be the difference in the game. So hey, I, I think you know that, what? I, I I love Marquise Brown. I hope you're right. I hope I love yeah, I hope so too. fantasy. Yeah. But I, I don't think so. Not on this team. He won't be on any of my fantasy teams this year. Yeah, I have to agree. Best ball, I have to agree with Jim. I, I think that 
it's not a bad pick from the Ravens' perspective. They're trying to get, give their young quarterback a weapon. Yeah. But ultimately, from a fantasy perspective and from a fit perspective, uh, you know, this is a very mixed wide receiver group this year in the NFL draft. You know, you could ask 10 different people. You might get 10 different answers who their wide receiver one is entering uh, this NFL draft. But Marquise Brown is a talented player, and they could do some creative things with him overall. Like, if they want to run some some jet sweeps with him and they want to run some quick slants and, try and, and some screens and they want to try and make him make plays after the catch – Maybe they'll do that, but ultimately the volume's not going to be there because Lamar Jackson's still going to throw to the tight ends a lot. He did that a lot last season. They're going to run the football a ton. They still have Gus yep. Bus. They signed Mark Ingram. So I think that's mo- mo- mostly going to be the, the identity of the Ravens here is they want to run. They'll run a little bit with Lamar Jackson. There's just not going to be enough volume to go around for Marquise Brown, which sucks for fantasy purposes because if he landed in the right spot, let's say – the New England Patriots, where Nikhil Harry ends up, then yep. we're talking about this completely differently. But ultimately, I don't think it's a bad pick for the Ravens because they're That's trying to give Lamar Jackson a weapon, but it does suck in terms of fit for fantasy purposes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree that he's not going to yeah. be a great fantasy asset the first season. He might have some really good games, but for the Ravens, it's a good pick because the Ravens need that. They need how, something to, to put them over the top And how can he afford grills if he's a college player? That was my big question. <laughs> well, technically, he's talking with grills. Technically, he's not a college player anymore. Yeah, but yeah. the grills came afterward. Do you wow. have money to get grills? I don't, I don't. Well, now he has endorsements. He has an yeah. agent. Yeah, but you could do all that stuff even before you're drafted. Sure. How all much right. are grills? Yeah. Once you, right, once you declare for the draft, it was, a, it was a legitimate question. Yeah. I wanted to know where. You know, how do you, how can you afford grills? If how you're much are grills drafted? anyway? That's a good question. I would say more you, than more than. It seems like a you question. I think you're the best person. <laughs> you're you're the I'll most you, likely person here to get grilled. I would do crazy I'll, things. I'll let you know as soon as I get my dentures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would do crazy things like get cornrows and purple hair and stuff. But uh, grills is not something that's crossing the line for me. I think that's a little too Jim, far. How come grills is crossing the line? Because that's a little ridiculous. That's a little. Jim, you're not going to get any diamond studded <laughs> dentures when when it comes around. Yeah, no, I I can't see diamond studded. Dentures, he no. couldn't. He couldn't um, even talk with the grills in his mouth. Most people can't, Greg. <laughs> so why do they do it? Style, it looks, swag. You know, it's it's gives them street cred. Swag. Street cred, you know who Greg? has? That's why you have zero street cred and uh, street cred and what was that? Street cred and <laughs> <laughs> you know that's why we go to uh, our street resident street swag analyst. You know who? Uh, Chris you know who has? For the, uh, uh, for the whose swag. coach says they have less swag than Eli Manning? Yeah. Daniel Jones. Oh, you can't get off this, can you? Man? Every single one of our quarterbacks in history has no swag. Dave Brown, Phil Sims, zero swag. Never had it. Kurt Warner might have the, the most swag. Kerry, Kerry Collins has swag. I can't, oh. I can't <laughs> he looked like a, a stumbling Daniel drunk. Jones. He was. He was a stumbling drunk. Yeah. He's a stumbling <laughs> drunk, Kerry Collins. There's no swag. I can't, I can't wait for the first time Daniel Collins makes a crazy face that somebody records on camera, and all of a sudden the memes start popping up of Eli and Daniel Jones' face next to each other. All, all season. You know, it's going to be all over the place. All season, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be embarrassing giant season. By the way, our um, trivia question I asked during the break, baseball one, which was there are three players that are currently batted 300. Um, it has 300. You, you guys got two. Right? We said uh, our guesses were Miggy, Kuhls, and Robbie Cano. All correct. We went three for three. Wow, Robbie Cano, look at we that. We each got one. Up big time again with the, uh, with the MLB trivia. That was, that was awesome. Um, the closest calls were Mike Trout and Joey Votto, who were, did not have enough Sucks. home runs. 
And Ryan Braun just missed out because his average... I assume the average wasn't 300. It's 280-something, I would oh, say. Oh, like 287. His average is... I just got to pull it up on the fan graphs. Hang on. Might be lower because he's been batting worse and worse. The career average is 297. Wow. I said 287. Higher than I thought, actually. Yeah. 297. Just missed it. I, Greg, I did want to talk about Kyler Murray a little bit more, though, just from a uh, from a fantasy perspective. I know Davis Maddock was doing uh, projections, uh, you know, as soon as these players were drafted, and I saw him and Leone tweeting about how, uh, based on his projections, he would finish as QB eighteen overall right now in in their uh, in their overall projections for quarterback position. I think for a rookie quarterback, we just saw it with Lamar Jackson, especially with the guy who can run. Yeah, I would say ultimately, I think Kyler Murray is further along as a passer than Lamar Jackson right. was. I mean, you look at what he did in that Oklahoma system, basically picked up what Baker Mayfield, uh, where Baker Mayfield left off. I'm not saying he's the same player as Baker Mayfield, but he performed really well right. in the same system. Any offers rushing upside in a two QB league or in a super flex, he's going to be really good. Yeah, no, he's, he'll be owned. Be really yeah. good. He'll be owned because, yeah, I mean, see, wait, wait, look wait, at Josh we're, Allen last year, too. Wait, we're, we're forgetting a couple of simple things here. They have yet to do anything about the offensive line which they absolutely need to address in some form or fashion. And then they, they still need to, you know, get this offense to actually move. Now, I know it's supposed to be a new offense, all that stuff, King Kingsbury coming in. You know, We have no idea if he's going to be able to do anything at this level. He's never done it. Um, so, you know, I, I say pump the brakes a little bit. So right now, you know, in my early projections, I have him actually at 26. Um <sighs> Right, one right behind Matt Stafford at twenty-five. Stafford at twenty-five, dropping down the ranks. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, but just the fact that he can run on yeah. Kyler Murray overall, like I, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if he's drafted as a top twenty quarterback. I think there's going to be a lot of hype around him. I, I hear what you're saying, Jim. Pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, you know, regarding Kingsbury and. Look, a lot of offensive linemen have fell in this draft right now, and the Cardinals are going to be on the clock in a couple of hours now yeah. in the second round. So they're going to have the ability to take a really good offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and I agree 100%. That's where they have to yeah. go. They, you know, for the Even if it's the next two picks, right. the, the second and third round, they have to address the offensive line. There's no doubt about it. Part of the reason why they couldn't trade Josh Rosen and why we don't know who the, what kind of player he really is is because their offensive line was Correct. terrible. Correct. So you can't really judge it all based on Josh Rosen because he was in a terrible situation oh, yeah, last yeah. year. He didn't so, get a fair shake. I yeah. do agree with that, but overall, I mean, Kingsbury, there's there's very high expectations on what he can do from a creative kind of sp- perspective on offense. They still have Fitz. They still have David Johnson. Uh, they still have Christian Kirk, and they have Ricky Seals-Jones. So there are some weapons in place here for Kyler Murray. I- I'm with you, Frank. I think that Murray could be value, uh, very valuable in fantasy. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson, a, a lesser form of Kyle- Kyler Murray, and he had a very stable floor in fantasy because of his running ability. Because he... he- yeah, yeah, but Murray's going to do the look, similar thing. No, no, Murray's not going to come close to running as much as Lamar Maybe Jackson. not as much, but he'll have That's a lot of yards. His, he, he runs. He can run. He's not going to have anywhere. He, I, I doubt he has half the rushing yards Lamar Jackson does. I don't know. Lamar Jackson the sets out to run. What would you say is the over-under for Kyler Murray rushing yards? In his um, right now, I, I have him at about 385 yards. That's a pretty good amount, Jim. If he, I mean, if he comes yeah, close to 400, at, that's like Russell Wilson-type rushing. You're production. looking at Jackson, who had, like, what, 900 yards rushing last year. Did he have that much? No, 900. That. It was, I don't know. I didn't look at it, but it's something close to that. I, I know he's, up here. He, has, he had 695 last 695. 695, okay. I would say that was only so that's in about, whatever, 11, 12 games, right? Right. So. And, and I would say Murray, I think, runs a lot, too. I think he'll, he'll crack 400. He rushed for 1,000 last year. I think he'll crack 400. At Oklahoma. Who? Murray. Alan Murray yeah. rushed for 1,000 yards last year. So he runs. You know, like he, 
I think he'll rush for 400. Yeah, Especially the offense is stagnant. Five, I, I could see him rushing for 400 to 500 yards. Yeah. I mean, a lot yeah, of people compare him to 385, not all that crazy. A lot yeah. of people compare him to, to Russell Wilson, and those are, you know, huge, lofty expectations, obviously. But, you know, I, he's obviously further along as a passer than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I still think he can give you maybe. 30 to 40 rushing yards. And that adds to his floor, especially as a rookie quarterback in fantasy. I do yeah, want to say this many, before how, we get wait, off. Wait, wait. Because we're almost done. I just want to say that I, I'm going to say this right now, that jo- Josh uh, Jacob. I'm sorry. sorry. Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Josh Jacobs on the Raiders, I think will, is a top 13 running back going into fantasy. I'd say he's number 13. Right now, Leonard Fournette is in that area, and I'd rather have him than Leonard Fournette. Especially if he's oh, a primary ball carrier. And without all. a heartbeat. <laughs> Easily, I'd take him over. There you go. What? He's a running back. I was back. expecting Jim Running to backs produce right, right away. <laughs> Jim is like the a guy. You know, the last thing I was expecting was Jim to be like, you know what? These kids are laughing like it's crazy. <laughs> like they've never seen a rookie that. running back be the best we've running seen, back. We've seen him all the time. all last year. Yeah, Saquon Buckley. I, I currently got him at number 20. Right behind I like that, him a little Devontae better. Freeman. I just think he's going to get the bulk of the touches all year long. Right. Uh, Jim, you, there. you've done a lot of drafts already. I'm gonna per, I'm gonna participate in my first best ball draft this weekend. Uh, you know, as the NFL draft comes to an end, maybe on Sunday I'll start it up. But uh, where do you think Josh Jacobs kind of slots in now? Is he like in that fourth, fifth round range for running backs as as an RB two, maybe a flex? Yeah, I think that's exactly where he's gonna go. But don't be surprised as we get into August, he's gonna probably move up that that rankings because there's really nobody there to take any touches away from him. Happy Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Day. He's in the building rocking the old Expos Vlad jersey as he walked in. It's Carter Keyboom Day as well. For Jim Day, for Mike Florio, for Chris Venture, for Frank Stanford, everybody downstairs, I'm Greg Sussman. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. We hope.